Welcome, everybody, to podcast number five of Tectonic Takes. My name is Fabian Rankel, and I'm here with my co-host that's actually taking a quick break for his birthday. Ivan, how was it, man? How did you enjoy your birthday? Uh, it was uh, as good as it can be, given the circumstances, Fabi. Thank you for asking me. Uh, I turned 25 uh, last Friday, so that was exciting. And uh, it was just an enjoyable weekend. It was nice to... to take a short break and just spend some time with family. And now I'm back here talking with you and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Well, um, you know, congratulations on the big two five. I turned 25 this year as well. So, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, we're kind of on the same age. Um, again, congratulations and welcome back. We missed you. A lot has happened since you've, uh, since you've left, but I know <laughs> a lot of quick news and a lot of MLS news and actually a lot of world news that we're going to go over this, this episode. Yeah, this episode, like I said, we're going to go over a couple of key things. Magnus Eriksson leaving is a huge one. We're going to go over who, who do we think is going to fill in that spot, and as well as who do you think we're going to get. Um, the next thing we'll do is preview the next game versus the LA Galaxy, and that's tomorrow. We thought we would be talking about a Portland game that did not happen, which we'll, we, we will get to as well. And then we'll then get to the questions from all you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and let Eric kind of – break this news that all of us already know, but Magnus Arison is not here. Right, yeah. So he's back to his uh, club in his uh, home country of Sweden, June Gardens, I believe it is. And it will leave a whole a lot of mixed reactions throughout social media regarding the severity of his absence. Some people chalked him up as a uh, not-your-typical uh, number 10 role player and the jury was very mixed as to whether or not you know he'll be an easily replaceable player but he is still one of the best players on this team or he was before he left and I think someone's gonna have to step up in that role who's already within the club or they're gonna have to use that uh, allocated uh, cap room to uh, replace him. And we've heard a lot about, hey, in this current market, we can get some quality players for cheaper and we're going to take advantage of it. We have not seen that come to fruition yet. So I'm hoping that it's not just talk, it's not just fan service to placate us from the lack of transfers these last few windows and we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. He was kind of shoot, Magnus Eriksson was kind of shoehorned into that 10 role. Um, and he really filled those shoes because I believe Mat Matias thinks that Vaco is better served on the wing. Um, we will be seeing if, Mat if Matias is going to put Vaco in that 10 roll one more time, or we're going to see if it's going to be the likes of maybe a flow young Verth and then move a Jackson Ewell forward. We were planning to see that on Thursday, but unfortunately we didn't even get a lineup. So we kind of, we kind of don't have any idea what is up Matias's sleeve. Um, do you have any thoughts on who do you think is going to start, Ivan? Do you think it's going to be Cade Cavill? Who do you think it's going to be? 
Right. So the game that we were looking forward to was originally scheduled for Wednesday from a few weeks prior. And then the uh, game started getting postponed. And we thought maybe it will be uh, on Thursday. And that hasn't happened yet. We're recording on a Friday afternoon. So and it looks like the uh, Timbers fixture is going to be postponed to a much later date, possibly pushed to the end of this run of games. Um, regards to uh, the uh, player most likely to benefit from Magnus Eriksson's absence, it does depend on where uh, Vako now plays in this role, because Vako can play as a winger or he can play in that number 10 role. And if he plays as a number 10, we saw Kate Cowell predominantly on the wing in the MLS's back tournament. So I imagine that he would be someone that could benefit from there. If not, maybe the safer option, uh, Carlos Fierro, who made a few appearances off the bench too. If it's a direct replacement as a central midfielder, then who knows? I know it would be a big jump and maybe we're just biased because we had him on the podcast last week, but Eric Calvillo getting uh, some minutes there would be great. Yeah, he, uh, he spoke to me that at the Cosmos, he actually played on the wing. So it, it's, it's not something that he has not played before. He just told me going back to last week that he needs to work a little bit on turning with the ball. And right now in that 10 roll, unfortunately, that's all you really do. Um, pressure, pressure, pressure you know, find the open man, kind of bounce it around, see who's the open man, pass it back and forth, and turn with ball the ball. Um, I actually heard some people on Twitter talking about putting Fierro in that 10 spot, which is an idea kind of, kind of weird to me because I've always seen him come out on the wing. But I'm hoping, I think we're both here hoping for Eric Calvillo to be on the field in some form. Right, and if you haven't already, be sure to check out the full interview that Fabi had with Eric Calvillo from last week. It was pretty interesting. You ever wondered what team he plays on FIFA and all the important stuff? Like, <laughs> you'll definitely find out on that interview. And one last uh, suggestion, I think, of a possible candidate is uh, a player who's kind of been phased out from the team in these last few months. It seems like Luis Felipe, he had a few more minutes maybe a season ago. And he's still at the club, but he hasn't had too many chances. But if you do want a solid central midfielder that does have some creative aspects, that could work. Although he is also, I believe he's listed more as a defensive midfielder, so he may be too similar to Jitson. Mm, I agree. I feel like uh, Luis Felipe is a very, very young player still, mm -hmm. and he could have his time to shine. Um, I just don't think that's our dying need right now. Maybe if he goes out on a loan, I think he should see some time down in Reno because I, I thought he was played well. But again, if Yudsid goes down, we do have Flo as an option. We had Magnus Eriksson as an option. Um, Luis Felipe is kind of like lost in this lineup. Eric, again, is also, I feel, a little bit versatile that could fill in those shoes. Um, so Jesse Furinelli had a Q&A with the Quakes media team, and he told – he told us that we're going to see two new signings this year and as well as two new signings in the winter um, transfer market. Sorry, not this year, but in the summer transfer market. What do you think about that, Ivan? I think that it's a start. I think that Fiorinelli is clearly aware of the fan sentiment that we're seeing 
almost every other MLS club make a lot more moves than the San Jose Earthquakes have. It's just something that needs to be done. Like we love this current group of guys. Like we think they're great players off the field and many of them still are great players on the field that would start in other MLS clubs as well. But in terms of moving this team in the right direction, continually looking forward and trying to improve, there are some players that maybe have gotten all the chances that they need for us to know, okay, this is what we can expect from you. And maybe you aren't the type of starter that we need if we're going to compete for an MLS Cup in a couple of years. Yeah, you know, um, I I was a little wondering why we haven't tapped into, let's say, the South American market as much as we should. Um, I know we did a little bit with Jefferson Quintana coming from Peñarol, Uruguay. Um, I know a little bit about those clubs in Uruguay due to the fact that my parents are from there, so I know a little bit of that league. Diego Rossi is LAFC star, and they got him on the cheap. He came straight from Peñarol in Uruguay. How are we not tapping into whatever young Uruguayan plays for those two teams? It's Peñarol or Nacional. Any two young Uruguayan players that play for that, we should definitely buy them on the cheap, and they'll sell for more. Um, Uruguay in the sub-20 went to the World Cup final. So it's something that LAFC knew, and they saw, and they snatched Diego Rossi. That's exactly the mentality we should have. It's just it's been missing. And this is kind of a make-or-break year for Jesse Farinelli. Again, if we don't make the playoffs or if we don't go far in them, I think it's, I think it's the ax for Jesse Farinelli, and we're going to keep Matias around. That's how you have to operate as an MLS club. You are not PSG or Manchester City. You can't just be like, oh, what kind of player we need? Oh, we'll talk to this club and we'll make them an offer. Obviously, that's not how it works here, especially in a salary cap league and outside of those elite leagues in Europe. You have to go a bit under the radar. You have to explore a few different places and look at a few key tournaments and like the FIFA U20 World Cup and see where you can find good talent. And LAFC have succeeded in that regard. Whatever they paid for Diego Rossi, they're going to make a huge profit off him when and if he does make a move to Europe or maybe back to South America. Yeah, I completely agree. That that transfer is going to be worth 10 times the amount they purchased him at. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the new Tectonic Takes Twitter, um, if you want to follow us, it's at Tectonic Takes. We actually did a little poll. We were going to go ahead and see this last Wednesday who the new captain was going to be. I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about our poll that we did. I asked who should the new Earthquakes captain be since Magnus Harrison is gone. Um, I offered Tommy Thompson, Grom Kasia, and Jackson Yule and Yudsen. We got about 42 votes, so I'm a little proud. The next poll we're going to do, I'm hoping to get a little more votes. But go ahead and follow us at Teutonic Takes on Twitter so you can get all the content that we like to put out. Winner of this poll actually came from behind at 38.1 percentage of the vote it becomes jackson yule so the people have said they want to have jackson yule as our or as our captain on the field in close second with 35.7 percent of the votes it's tommy thompson tommy thompson has been a long-standing quake i'm amazed he actually did not win this poll and in third, I have Garam Kasia at 21.4. So it's known that Matias actually in his older clubs likes to go with the older, kind of the oldest guy on the field as their captain. So we, we thought maybe throw on Garam Kasia, even though his performances haven't been so great. He's been a leader 
for many years. I believe he captained at Vitesse. Is that right, Ivan? Yeah, he does have some leadership experience at Vitesse in the Eredivisie, and uh, he, I'm sure he is one of the leaders in, with the Georgian national team too. Yeah, exactly. And then our last, our last poll was for Yudsin. Um, he only got 4.8% of the votes. Maybe I shouldn't have put him on there. I thought him or Vega would probably get the nod before a lot of other people that are on the Quakes. But we all know that once Wando's back on the field, he becomes the captain. He's the heart and soul of this team. It was evident. We're going to see going forward if he does become a Quakes coach or if he stays till he's like 45 years old. And that's what we all want. Crystal Quadra at C Quadra 8 on Twitter has asked, will the Galaxy have him played a game already in this restart phase post the MLS's back tournament? Give the Galaxy an edge against Sam's Airquakes, who have not yet played since said tournament due to the postponement of the Timbers game. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I believe it actually makes them have a definite edge. Um, they played great. They beat an LAFC squad with Vela. Again, they beat them 2-0. to zero, And that's their first win of the year. So they actually sit at the bottom of the table with, I believe it's four points. And they made a statement. I mean, they got – I they won El Trafico. I know the MLS and all the fans want to see LAFC win and just destroy – but it looks like they are ready to play, and they're and they've learned a couple of mistakes that they did down at Orlando. But with Christian Pavon leading the charge, it's going to be hard to kind of guard that guy. He already has about three goals on the season. Again, if we play our pressure, our high pressure offense and our high pressure defense, we should be able to win them, uh, a win against them. Chicharito is a player that needs service. If we can cut that service off, if we can make sure that he doesn't get to touch the ball, then I don't see a problem with winning this game easily. I would say three to one. What about you, Ivan? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Chicharito, not just because I'm Mexican, but also because it's a battle between two similar types of forwards when Wando does make his appearance off the bench. Two experienced forwards who score live goals within that six-yard box. Critics will say that they feast on tap-ins. We'll say that They get in the right place at the right time, and they have a scoring instinct. You don't know what you're going to get from this Galaxy team. It says a lot how how confusing they are to read when they lose to LAFC without Vela, but then they beat them with Vela on the LAFC team. So all we know is that this is going to be an intense game between two rivals, a rivalry that maybe has waned in significance from a national or league-wide standpoint in these last few years as LAFC have really hit the ground running to life in Major League Soccer. I don't think we should read too much into that win just yet. It's a debate between rest versus rust, but San Jose Earthquakes just have to not worry about what they did to LAFC. Just think about what they need to do to stop LA Galaxy from creating opportunities for them. And like you said, Chicharito relies on service. So you got to watch out for Christian Pavon. Yeah, you know, they actually – it was 0-0 up until, I believe, the 70th, 70th minute. Um, so they, the, both teams were playing extremely well. And then the, the ball just went in for the Galaxy and then another goal. Um, they, it looks like they actually cleaned up some, some defensive issues that they had down in the bubble. Um, it's funny when 
you see Bingham actually put up a clean sheet because that never happens. Definitely got that clean sheet. They're on a little bit of a high. So I would say we definitely have to watch out for what they have because they do have an edge. I think since we missed this game against Portland, we don't even have a game under our belt. So we mm-hmm. might see a little rust within the first 30 minutes and then with them, we'll start to see the LA Galaxy start to get tired. I think this is a great game for Christian Espinoza to kind of break out. We're going to need it. Um, if we see Vaco in that 10 role, I'm hoping he learns to distribute the ball a little bit more. Um, we talked to Eric last week, and yeah, even Eric knows that Vaco loves to cut. So I, by this time, everybody knows he's going to cut. I'm just a little sad that this year for the Cali Classico, we're not really seeing Shea Salinas bang in a 94-minute winner at Stanford Stadium. It's what we have to do. We got to stay safe and make sure that everybody keeps wearing their masks so we can be in the stadium as soon as possible. And I think one major cause for concern is that in three of the five MLS's back tournament games, San Jose Earthquakes conceded a pretty early goal against the Whitecaps, against Real Salt Lake, and Minnesota United. So especially when you do have that rust factor in, have to focus on defense for that first 20 or 30 minutes. If you can get the ball into some good spaces in the attacking third, that's great. But on the defensive side of things, don't be afraid to clear when you normally would play out the back, which is sort of the antithesis of the type of uh, soccer that Almeida wants them to play. But it's better to be safe than sorry especially when you're trying to get your legs back and experience your first uh, full 90-minute games in about a month. Yeah, Ivan, do you see an Andy Rios goal this, this game? You... Want to believe that he can score in this game against still one of the more beatable defenses in Major League Soccer. There's not one defender that Galaxy have, even though they did get a clean sheet against LAFC, who do have a terrific offense that makes you think oh wow like this guy is Eko Parra or Leandro Gonzalez Perez or something like we gotta watch out for them or even like Ashley Cole when he was playing for the Galaxy right yeah so and David Bingham you know we know him well from his time at San Jose Earthquakes and when he was wearing the Quakes jersey I liked him as I like every player on our club but now that he's not playing for the San Jose Earthquakes we can admit that if he gets tested a few too many times, uh, he'll let you in. So just got to make sure you get some shots on target. Can't go 60 minutes until your first shot. Yeah, I agree. I remember when Bingham was here, it was more of an aggressive take. I mean, if he gets big and gets out on you, he's going to block that. But if you're going to test him from distance, he is beatable. I've seen multiple long strikes go in with him. And I'm like, oh, of course, this always happens to the Quakes when he was our goalie. It's a historic day. It's been the first day where all games have been suspended due to a certain event, which has never happened before. Um, it, was, it was truly magical to see that all these players in unison did something that they used their platform to try to change the world. And it looks like it worked. It showed some, some gross, gross people in Real Salt Lake, and it showed up. It showed that we're going to do something to actually make a change. I know with the NBA, they made all their stadiums and parking lots a polling place so you can go to vote. And that's something that it was hard to, with, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was hard as a politician to promise some, some sort of change. But the athletes finally got it with this stance, you know, making the NBA 
parking lots and stadiums, a polling place to go and vote is actual change. We're seeing something that we can do, something that we can grab and, and actually make a difference. What do you think about that, Ivan? Yeah, I think that this is a very important movement and as exciting as it was to get sports back over these last few months and it took a lot of effort from so many different people to make this happen, this is bigger than sports. This is something that affects people in their everyday lives. And if you're a person of color, if you're an African-American, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete or not, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you do experience racism. And I know this sounds a little odd coming from a white passing Mexican, such as myself, but this is from my experience interacting and having people of color in my life that we have these conversations that they can't escape who they are. They can't escape their race. They are met with reminders from people who are bigoted and who like to put people down. People who want this country to be something it was 50 years ago, not even that long ago, and bring it back to that time. And that's not okay. And several San Jose Earthquakes players spoke out on social media. Uh, I'll just share the last two quotes from Chris Wondolowski. Uh, I can't say I face those same injustices, but I can say that these are my brothers as well. This cause is worth fighting for. It's something we need. And these are the last games of my career, but this is bigger than myself. This is way bigger than anyone else. And especially coming from a voice such as Chris Wondolowski, who's always been a very standout guy, whether it's with his time in the national team or his extensive time with San Jose Earthquakes on and off the field, that he looks out for his teammates. He looks out for other players, and he looks out for his community. And in the Bay Area, in California, we have a very diverse community that, for the most part, we are better than some of the examples we see on the news. But even in California, there's still uh, examples of racial injustice that we need to address and we need to stamp out of our communities. And this is one step in the right direction. And I do hope that this leads to uh, some positive and substantial change. And there's a question that I'll uh, address real quick as well. At Eric Tran 0 asks, what concrete actions can MLS as an organization and the players involved in it take to promote this current cause regarding racial inequality, whether it be donations or league-wide education? And I'll say that both of those suggestions are very good. Uh, to be a bit more specific with donations, because I know that that's been a big deal regarding the George Wood situation, how the Minnesota Freedom Fund, they got so many donations, it's a short amount of time. They didn't know what to do with it, and then they tried to redirect the donations going forward. I think just be aware of the companies that you support, you purchase products from. Make sure that the people in charge who are CEOs or have other positions of power within those companies, they are supporting uh, Black Lives Matter. They are supporting racial equality. They're being progressive in what they do. If they aren't, then reconsider that decision, consider some alternatives, because 
the, the one language everyone understands is money. If you continue to purchase things from organizations that don't care or that they support the opposite of what we are trying to advocate for, then that shows that they can keep getting away with what they're doing. And, and we saw a little of that with RSL's owner coming out and saying that he was disrespected by the players by taking a stance. Um, everybody said, I'm not supporting this team anymore. I am not buying a single seat, a jersey, nothing. And they put him on leave, and they started to go ahead and uh, have a, an investigation with that owner. Again, like just like how Ivan was saying, vote with your pocketbook. Only support things that you feel like are in the right mindset. Again, as two white passing Latinos, we haven't faced this racial injustice from the police as – let's say our counterparts have, but we decided to use our platform to try to make a change as well. Just as the players, we are all in this together. Again, if we are in this together, we're just as strong. Um, I wanted to chime in a little bit on that, but we need to go ahead and go over the next natural disaster that kind of happened in our Bay Area in our backyard. Right, um, that's true too. That's All these things are going on at the same time and they're all equally important for different reasons and we're happy to use our platform to share more information about these with you. Um, we're just going to say one last time before we shift to that topic that Black Lives Matter, that's not a political statement that is simply, you know, everyone deserves to be respected and treated as equals and right now that is not the case and we're going to continue to work toward a better future for all people. Yeah, so Ivan, did you smell any smoke down there in San Diego? Uh, it's not that much of a pervasive issue here yet, but I have kept in touch with my friends and family over in Northern California where it has been a lot more significant. And especially in places that come to mind, like the Chico area and Santa Rosa area, who have very recently experienced devastating fires, it's very scary that they have to experience something like this again. Yeah, we had we we had a couple of people on our um, our San Jose Earthquakes Discord actually get affected um, by this fire in San Jose. So we want to say prayers out to everybody. Make sure you're safe. I know it was a little bit ago that it was just here in our backyard, but again, we need to do our best to make sure that our neighbor is taken care of. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a racial injustice war, and in the middle of fires. But we are lucky that this is a San Jose Earthquakes podcast, and we have the privilege to talk about the love and the love of this sport. The Timbers game was actually rescheduled from last Wednesday. It was now rescheduled to September 16th at 7:30. Um, so we should see our la I believe that's our last game, right, Ivan? Yeah, this should be moved to the uh, last game of the schedule because I believe the last game before that was a second fixture against LA Galaxy, and I believe it was the September 13th. Because I remember there was a five-day gap between the Colorado game at home and then going up to Seattle, and then, then you go to the 13th three days later against Galaxy. So as we expected – it would be from the first game of these six uh, fixtures to the sixth game of six. So I'm glad that that has been sorted out. That's not necessarily the highest priority thing right now, as we discussed some other pressing issues, but it's something to look forward to. Yeah. And if you want to donate to a wildfire relief donation, 
Um, my friend Trent actually did a really big donation for Santa Rosa because he was from that area. So he became kind of like the wildfire donations man. Um, he's a great stellar guy. I want to give a big shout out. He always makes sure to take care of the people that were taken out by wildfires. He got, I think it was about $20,000 in donations last time for Santa Rosa. And he went up there and made sure that everybody that lost a home got some sort of that pie to make sure that they had food on the table for the next day. Um, again, if you want to donate to this person, I can verify that it's legit. I know he does everything in his power to make sure that all the money gets to everybody in the wildfire and that needs the money. Um, again, it's Venmo at Trenton underscore Spencer T T R E N T O N underscore S P E N C E R. Right. And one last uh, thing regarding uh, Black Lives Matter and the uh, current uh, situation regarding the killing of Jacob Blake. We have some other podcasts in the Beautiful Game Network, which uh, helps put our podcasts on the air and on Apple Podcasts uh, that do have people of color that regularly contribute to the, those podcasts. So if you want to hear more about this situation from their perspective, uh, check out Highlighted Banter Pub and Backyard Footy. You can check them out either on the Beautiful Game Network website or on anywhere where you listen to our podcast. Yeah, don't be afraid to go ahead and like our podcast and share it to your friend. Again, we want to be able to reach as many people as we can to help display whatever messages that you guys want to tell us. Again, this is a show for you. This is a show that we want to make so that you guys have a voice in the San Jose Earthquakes media. Um, I got invited to go to a couple of games, so we might be able to actually have some shows where I see firsthand uh, the games. We're going to have a couple of interviews with some more players. Uh, Kevin Partida and as well as Quincy Ameriqua are going to be on the pod a little later. And then we're also going to get some interviews with Wondolowski, Jackson Yule, and I believe Tommy Thompson. But that's not through us. It's going to be, it's going to be on the San Jose Earthquakes making an interview question and a for the season ticket holders. And luckily I am a season ticket holder. So we will get invited to those and I'll, I'll put them on the pod. So we have a whole bunch of things to talk about. All righty guys, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but right after we'll be right to your fan questions. It goes free to Shea Salinas. Leaves it. Cronin. Jim. Good score. Alan Gordon, 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 Alan Gordon. Alan Gordon mobbed by teammates in front of the ultras. San Jose has scored back-to-back goals. And the California Classico is again a Classico. Unbelievable. Shea Salinas just picks out Sam Cronin. You think he's going to shoot it? Just floats that ball perfectly to Alan Gordon, who just dunks it in the back post. Happiest yellow card of All righty, guys. Welcome back to the Teutonic Takes podcast. My name is Fabian Renkel, and I'm here with your host, Ivan, as well. 
Um, we're going to go ahead and go in straight into the fan question. So the first one is Gilberto from Discord says, did you already have a take on the expected lineup without Magnus? Um, I believe we talked about this a little bit on the podcast before the Eric Cavillo in, in interview, but we thought it was either going to be Fierro on the side and then uh, Vaco in the middle, or it could also be with um, Jackson Ewell moving up and then Flo in the midfield while we see the same people on the wings. Uh, Ivan, did you have a take on Magnus's expected lineup before? So I'm still kind of torn between two or three options because we do have a lot of versatile midfielders off the bench that could slot in, and we still don't know what position Vaco will take if he is, you know, likely still will be the starter but how things will be shifted without Erickson. If I did have to make a decision and be like, this is the next person who makes the lineup now, I would say Cade Cowell simply because he was one of the better bench players in the MLS's back tournaments. And naturally you'd expect someone who was making appearances and getting good minutes off the bench. If a player, if a starter does leave to uh then uh, move over into that starting spot. And the other good performers that come to my mind from the bench were one of the last Salinas, who could be very bought in to this super sub role, given that they're in their mid-30s. Yeah, I, did, I think Salinas and Juan to do a great job coming in. So I wouldn't put Salinas to start because I actually like his versatility on the back um, for him to be a defensive back and as well as a midfielder. I think he adds a spark. He's actually in great shape for how old he is. Um, and he's going to be in the lineup as well. Um, I really hope they do make a Wondolowski statue, but then they possibly change the name of the of one of the streets nearby to Salinas Way. I think he deserves a really big shout-out for being here for as long as he has. Um, really quickly, Ivan, I actually have an, a question for you. Um, which Quake do you think has the biggest ceiling? The, that player would be Jackson Ewell for me. I think he's still at a pretty young age. He's getting attention from the U.S. men's national team. I'm sure right now a lot of the attention from European clubs in his position or a similar position is going to Brendan Aronson, but then the next player up would be either him or Paxton Pomkiel of the uh, American exports in Major League Soccer. So I think if Ewell continues to go along this path, that he'll help inspire the Quakes to reach some level of success in Major League Soccer. But, of course, if the next step as well would be him getting a uh, chance in Europe, which would mean he would leave us. But I really hope that he can reach the expectations that I think he is capable of. Yeah, well, the craziest thing about it is from the last World Cup tournament, we have a stacked, I mean stacked midfield as a U.S. national team. We have Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, and Christian Pulisic, and they're all going to play big-time minutes at a huge club. So Jackson Ewells, he better get on his horse and start going to Europe if he wants to make any sort of action in that um, USA team for the future. Again, Gio Reyna, too. Oh, yeah, Gio Reyna, exactly, at Dortmund. He's making – yeah, we look like we're very stacked. We're just going to play five in the midfield. That's what we're going to do, all right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I will say this, though, that 
it is a very exciting time to be a USA fan to see all these players play in not just in Europe in these top five or six leagues, but also to see them play in some of the biggest clubs. Like I can't think, uh, I don't think there's been an outfield player that has played in a bigger club in uh, the Premier League than Christian Pulisic right now in Chelsea. So it is an exciting achievement. But at the same time, you can't overlook the players that are coming throughout MLS. And from a Canadian perspective, Alfonso Davies, he got his break at Vancouver Whitecaps before going to Bayern Munich. Yeah, well, the reason why I asked you that is because I believe it was Joel Soria on Black and Azul um, said that Cade Cowell looks a lot like Alfonso Davies. And that was kind of mind-boggling to me. Because <laughs> if, we, if we have a mini Alfonso Davies, what are we doing? Put him on the field right now. Um, that guy is 16 years old, but he does not look like he's an ounce of 16 years old. Yeah. It's like he's ready to play. I want to see more of him. I, fu- I, fu- I fully believe that he has the highest ceiling out of everybody just because of his pure age. Again, Gilbert Fuentes is also a really young player, and I believe he's going to have a ceiling. But like they said on Black and Soul, we do have to be ready if he doesn't pan out that way for us. We do have to curb our expectations if it turns out that Gilbert Fuentes can't make the field consistently for Reno and the Quakes. All right, moving on to our next question. Heavy Bomber on Discord asks, was Magnus Eriksson a success for his time at the Earthquakes? Ivan, what do you think about that? I think he was a good contributor for the Earthquakes, but I don't think I would say he was necessarily a success. and. It is tough because for a lot of these last few years, the San Jose Earthquakes have been on the outside looking in. There's only been one playoff appearance since the 2012 season where they won the Supporter Shield. And while we had had some breakout players who have impressed and they've, Magnus Eriksson at times has impressed me. I don't think that he was a successful signing that has changed the direction of this club. For me, a successful player or true success, if they're at a club that's already winning titles and being dominant in their league, maintains that dominance. And if they go to any other club, that they improve that club significantly. And San Jose Earthquakes are still chasing the playoffs until we get to the playoffs and until we start to get some more success in that regard, then uh, it's hard to gauge anyone's success unless they do something historic like Wendolowski has with his MLS goals record. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of do a hot take. I do think Magnus Eriksson's tenure with the Earthquakes was a success. Listen to me here. His price tag when he came over here was $1.2 million. And when he left, since it's undisclosed, it can be up to 500000 So they, can, they could have got any number besides that. So let's subtract his outgoing fee to his incoming fee. And we're probably looking at something that's in the 800000 range or 900000 range. For that amount of money, a player that came in and had 69 caps for the, for the senior team and 13 goals and going eight for eight on penalty kicks – I, you can't really look at it any other way. I thought his tenure for what his price tag was, was a success. Um, they did make the playoffs when he was on the team. Again, we did get beat by Vancouver, but we made the 
playoffs when Ian Russell came in and kind of took over this team. Um, I, I, I don't think we could really ask for more in a player. He stepped up when we needed someone to step in that 10 role, even though he's, he's a winger. Um, he stepped up into that role when we needed a captain. And I truly think that his time at the Earthquakes was a success, and we have to thank him for his time here. Um, we might have been, myself included, might have been a little harsh on him. I know the guys at, at Unimas were really harsh on him during the MLS's back tournament. But, again, he was a great signing for the Earthquakes just due to the stability. And I guess he was a little inconsistent with his game-by-game playing, but he was a consistent starter that did score for us in a lot of penalties. Going eight for eight is pretty, pretty steady. All righty. So our next question comes from Ado from the MLS Discord. So I asked the Discord from the of, of the MLS and if they wanted to ask a couple of questions about our San Jose Earthquakes, and they told us this. So Ado from says. Do we believe the Earthquakes can ever be better than the likes of LAFC or the LA Galaxy? Ivan, what do you think? I think at some point they can certainly be better than one or both LA teams. Uh, Forever is a long time. I think (laughs) we did ask these questions of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. Do you think, is there ever going to be a point in time where the Warriors could compete with the Lakers and it was kind of a role reversal at the time where the, the Warriors were title contenders and then the Lakers were very much struggling. And now the, the Warriors had injuries and the Lakers were title contenders. So I think that there is a possibility, but I do think what is different in this situation in MLS is that the uh, Quakes don't have necessarily the – pull to get the type of players that the Golden State Warriors would in their league right now. And especially from a European perspective, LAFC and LA Galaxy are more likely to attract those stars than San Jose Earthquakes. So if they are to be better than the LA duo, they're going to have to really uh, hit a few home runs through youth development and through some under the radar type of signings. And Magnus Eriksson, I guess, could qualify as one of those signings where he wasn't the most expensive player, but he was a serviceable and a consistent player. Yeah, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. The L.A. teams are in a different league. We play play a very moneyball-oriented game while they can go and get the likes of – you know, a Vela or a Christian Pavone or a Chicharito, a neighbor Himovich, even a Diego Rossi. Once we start making those signings like a Diego Rossi and we start even breaking the bank a little to make some sort of investment in the long run, then we can start to see ourselves competing with the likes of the LA teams or the likes of the Seattle Sounders or even that Atlanta United. Eli Sandoval Jr. at jsan408 on Twitter asks, with Mateus Almeida being a high-profile coach, what would you consider a successful stint for the coaching staff at San Jose? And then he proceeds to list a few possibilities. No playoffs, but a defined playing style. Playoffs, but no championship. Or winning some sort of silverware, being a Open Cup, 
a Supporters Shield or MLS Cup. And he also adds that it would be a shame if Almeida doesn't get a chance to experience the CONCACAF Champions League as Quicks manager. So uh, I'll just uh, briefly answer this question and say that we know that Almeida is a great manager. He has experienced success as previous clubs, but there's still a long way to go. San Jose Quicks are a decent club right now, but in order to compete with the top player, uh, the top clubs in MLS, that there's still more work to be done. And we don't know how long we're going to have Almeida here. And a lot of it depends on if the ownership will allow him to make the signings that he wants to play the football that he wants. So I'd say for now, playoffs has to be the minimum barometer of success. And then we go from there. Yeah, exactly. It's at the beginning of the year, it's playoffs or bust. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a big shame if we don't get to see a CCL with Almeida. We were so close, and then we ran into a Minnesota United team that just had our number. Um, again, I believe this team will consider Matias Almeida a success as long as we play a defined style for years to come. I know, I know we are grooming Ian Russell to take over once Almeida is, is, has left already. So we are ready for that day to come. We don't want that day to come, but we are truly ready for Ian Russell to kind of step in as a faux Almeida to make sure that we can still keep playing the style. And I truly think that we're going to play the style for a long time. I remember when um, Matias came in, um, they wanted to make sure that we have a defined style of play, that our youth is playing at a certain certain type of play, at our, that USL team, that Reno is playing at a certain type of play. And everything is under one umbrella that's playing the same style. Uh, Eric Cavillo kind of said that it was funny. It was shocking to me that the youth U.S. teams actually play the same way Barcelona play. Um, I know that sounds kind of weird because in the U.S. national team, top team for the international men's, they don't really play like that. So I thought it was odd. But in our system, we definitely have from top to bottom playing a certain – style def- defined soccer that is this high pressure Matias Almeida style of play. All right. So we have one more question from Discord and then a couple more questions from Facebook. Yeah, exactly. So um Mini Laurie on Discord asked she asked a couple of questions or he asked a couple of questions. It's a picture of their dog. So I guess the dog asked <laughs> no, but <laughs> what signing is a must make this window. So this is another person that was from the MLS Discord. Um, they didn't, they're a Toronto FC fan. They didn't know a little bit about um, the earthquakes, but they kind of asked us a couple of questions. Um, to explain a little bit, the Quakes must sign an attacking 10-player this transfer window. This is a make-or-break year for Jesse Fiorinelli. Not for Matias, but if we do not make the playoffs, the time is ticking on Matias Almeida to see if he's truly a a real good coach or a fraud? What do you think, Ivan? Yeah, I think that is one of the key areas that this uh, team can benefit from, especially as we keep mentioning, but it is an important thing to consider. Without Magnus Eriksson, we lose some of that offensive firepower, even if it is largely through penalties, that he does a good job earning those as well. So I think that that would be a great role. I would also think that a uh, defender 
either a center back or a goalkeeper, one or the other has to be improved as well. And whether it'll be in this window or in winter, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, it's it's funny. It's been a while since Ve- we've seen Vega mess up, so I completely forgot about how we need a new goalie. <laughs> but I have another question from Mini Lari. Ivan, if you had to ditch one of your designated players, which one would you ditch? Oh, that is a pretty good question. And as of right now, we only have two. So it's Christian Espinoza and I believe Vaco. Right. Um, is Chris Wondolowski no longer a designated player? He's not. He's not. So he doesn't count as a designated player anymore. Right. So if it's between Vaco and Espinoza, at first it felt like a tough question, but I think uh, I – do have a clear answer in my mind. I would ditch Vaco at this point. I think we've given Vaco a bit more time than Espinoza. And Vaco has not played as a DP as consistently as we had hoped. But I still think there's a good player in there. And I hope that he can prove me wrong. Yeah, you know, I agree on that one. I think I would go with Vaco just because um... – we've seen a little bit of him. Crispin Espinoza, Christian Espinoza has a pretty big future ahead of him. He's another player we can see being sold to a European club for a lot of money. Um, he's actually a really, really young player out of Argentina. I know we're talking about the Diego Rossi's of this, of this world, but definitely Crispin Espinoza, if we see him go to the next level, he can definitely be out of this club and to a bigger European club in any time soon. Um, Vaco's up for for his contracts up this next uh, winter transfer um, season, so we will see if they actually resign him. Maybe he takes a pay cut. Um, maybe we sell him to another club. I doubt that's going to happen, but I think we might resign him for a lower contract. I think he likes living here. He just had a son. Congratulations, Vaco. Um, but maybe that that son. I think it's a son, right? That son can be a player for us in the future. <laughs> All right, so the next question. I'll so, make in or out, Ivan. I'll make it in or out. Yeah, it's very trendy on Twitter when things go wrong to be reactionary and go hashtag manager name out. But I don't think um, Mina has done much wrong yet. He's doing his best to right the ship and turn Sam's earthquakes into a competitive team. So. He definitely should have a bit more time. I'll make it in. All righty. Yeah, I agree with Ivan on that. I think uh, I was a little mad that he didn't really tweak anything when playing Minnesota United for the third time and losing by a big margin. But for right now, it's still an Almeida in for myself. Mini Larry has one last question. What happens to make your, your to take your club further? Is it scorched earth rebuild, minor tweaks, Star power, depth, or nothing? What do you think, Ivan? I'd say it's a combination of minor tweaks, add star power, and depth. Because I do think that there is a potential core of a team that can be successful here. So that would hint towards minor tweaks. There is still a lack of a big star. The biggest name on this roster is Chris Wondolowski. So maybe another star in this roster would be welcome and then depth i think almeida likes his core 11 and then four or five subs that he uses depending on the game situation 
But if he can get a couple more players that he can rely on to have in that mix, that would be great. Uh, I think the best teams in MLS, they're not just 11 deep. They are at least 18 deep, if not, maybe even more. So that could be something that Quakes look to improve. Yeah, I agree. I think we just, we're really missing one star power player. Um, we really need that, that thing or that person that can take us out of a slump and just all make us feel awe. Um, I want, I want to get a jaw dropper. I want to get, you know, a Guardado. I want to get someone that, Oh my God, he's an earthquake. You know, I never thought they would do this. Um, I'm still waiting on that star power to get. Um, I think if we don't make the playoffs this year, or if we don't even make it close to the final or a CCL berth, I would think the scorch earth rebuild is coming. I think we, we are kind of like the giants. We love our players that have been here forever. And we might not see the writing on the, on the wall as fans, but if Matias Almeida can't take us too close to a final with this team, then our players are to blame. Right. And this next question comes from Michelle Yee from Facebook. She asks, will Wando play next year? We didn't get to celebrate his final season. And I did mention when we were talking about the current uh, social justice situation, that Wondolowski is not necessarily thinking about his last few games. Like he did make in reference to them, but he is just focused on playing however many games he has left. And he has still left that open-ended for now. Yeah, you know, I, I actually do think we're going to see Wando next year. Um, Jesse Farinelli is in talks with signing Wando for another year. I think he does a great job coming in as a super sub. And I would still – he's been great as adapting to that role and really keeping his ego low. I truly hope he stays for as long as possible because not only do we have a social injustice thing going on right now, we still have the pandemic. I don't think we're going to see fans for maybe one more year. And that's crazy to me. I truly hope he – stays in the league so we can kind of give him a goodbye. And I hope they did they like give him the Kobe treatment when Kobe was retiring um, that every place he goes to, they play the, the, the goals that were scored by Wando at that stadium. And I think he truly deserves that. Um, again, the highest goal scorer in MLS and he's not stopping. Um, he deserves more than this for his final season. Right. And by being a super sub and with, a lot of the game is being shifted around and taking breaks in between in this current situation with this MLS schedule and format. It's not like he is playing every game in a 34-game continuous season. So I do think that there's enough gas in the tank for one last go-around if he so chooses in 2021. I agree with that. All right, on to our next question. Kevin Portillo asks, will ownership ever try to get a big signing? What do you think, Evan? I want to believe that they'll make one in the future, but it hasn't happened yet. So the jury's still out, but there is reason to be skeptical as Kevin appears to be by the way he worded this question. And it's good to be optimistic, but there is a dose of realism that has to be put into the balance. And San Jose Earthquakes aren't necessarily using the LA Galaxy transfer model trying to get big-name players every season, so we'll have to wait and see. Come on, Ivan. Don't you want to believe? Just believe I, in yourself. 
<laughs> I do want to believe still, but uh, time well, will tell. Don't you think that the San Jose Earthquakes will sign a Guardado? I need you to believe. I hope so. Like, I want to believe too. And this <laughs> Guardado would be great. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, this is a question that I want to believe. I want to, I want to be that little kid on Christmas. I want to feel like we got a Zlatan ourselves. But I, I truly don't think this is going to happen until we right. get ownership that is going to back this team like an Atlanta United, Portland, a Seattle. Even a Portland can get, you know, some good quality guys for not that much. I mean, they're not superstar talent, but they are quality guys. Um, but I hope, I really hope, I want to believe a little bit. Yeah, if FC Cincinnati can get linked with a World Cup winner like Mario Goats, like San Jose Earthquakes needs to get into the ring. Yeah, that that is – that is crazy. I mean, FC Cincinnati, whoo, they are miles ahead of us. I mean, the ownership, again, is known for Moneyball, and we'll see how that plays out in this kind of summer transfer window and then the winter transfer window. All right, guys, so that wraps us up for the Teutonic Tates Podcast Episode 5. It's been a pleasure kind of, you know, guiding you through all the wackiness and all the weirdness that is this MLS season. We appreciate you guys listening. We truly do wish that you listen for many more years to come. Um, again, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Beautiful Game Network. Um, please follow us on Twitter, and that's at Teutonic Takes. Or you can follow myself at The Real Quaker, and then Ivan at Ivan Ornelas, too. Yep. And then you can go ahead and kind of chime in on some questions. We would love to get some questions. Make sure you rate our podcasts and any platform you listen to kind of share it to a friend we would love to get your voice out there again thanks for joining us yep thank you have a good day whenever you are listening to this and take care go quakes yep go quakes